Hey everyone, welcome back to the Buzzed Banter Podcast. This week, uh, there's no video, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately for some of you, I don't know. But you don't get to see our beautiful faces, but you do get to hear our sultry voices. (laughs) Uh, But this week's episode is essentially a recap of last week's episode. So Joe and I, we like to watch the episode back as soon as we're done recording, uh, which might sound weird, but... It gives me my first pass at seeing the episode in its entirety and, you know, before editing, that way I can find bits and pieces that I might want to edit out or clean up or whatever the case may be. Uh, So I hope you enjoy. Have a great week and cheers. Yeah, it like I I, I feel like us watching that the podcast back which we do all the fucking time that's yeah because i want to see if i'm an idiot on there (laughs) or if i'm cool (laughs) yeah i mean i i edit the podcast and and, you know i watch it you know probably a hundred times over every single time but even after i edit the podcast i when i once it's released i watch it because yeah. I, 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 for me, I, I'm, I, I guess you can say I'm a perfectionist. Like I, I edit it and I have this precise, like vision in mind. But I always need to see the finished product. Yeah, and product. I think, I, I, dude, that's what I'm attracted to with you. And like you're, you're a perfectionist, and the stuff that you do, like whether it's, I don't, I don't care if it's like, I mean, I, I see that whenever you even set up a studio. Like you set up a studio, like it has to be perfect yeah. in your eyes. It may not be perfect in so and so's eyes, but in your eyes, it has to be perfect. Yeah. And and like I don't understand completely like what your vision is. And when I see it, the the first time like whenever stuff is is you know whatever, and I I move stuff or I help you move stuff, and I'm like, okay, that might to me it, it might seem hey that's good. It looks good. It looks good to me. But you're like, no, something's missing. Something could be moved or something needs to be put somewhere. And I love that. I fucking love that, dude. Like it's it's the same thing with me. Like like if uh if something like like I was telling you earlier, if it was with me, buddy Nate you know, we had him here for a long time. He left to Dallas, and um, I'm I'm glad he's over there. But uh, before he left, like he took care of everything that we did whenever we did men men's softball, and I know that's fucking probably gay to some people, but we did softball, and it was fun. Yeah. You know, that's what dudes that played baseball before do. You know, and uh, when we when we did it, I was like, oh, fuck, like, now I'm going to be in charge of, you know, making sure that everyone shows up, making sure that, you know, we have enough to, you know, to, to play. But what was crazy is, like, the guys that I built, the the team around, they, you know, they they appreciated, you know, the team that we had. They They were, they respected the fact that, hey, you know, we've had this team for a while. Uh, you know, let's 
show up for Joe. Let's, you know, we showed up for Nate. Let's show up for Joe. Um, and then after that, it was, it was kind of something that I actually enjoyed because I would, in addition to making sure the team was whole and, and good and chemistry was good. It was also something else that I would enjoy doing was like, uh, coming up, Hey, do you guys want to know your average? Do you guys want to know how many base hits you get? Do you want to yeah. know how many home runs you get? I enjoyed those statistics, dude. Like I, that was something that I, I love doing on the side that we never did in the past. And I don't know, like it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's something that I guess attracts me to also other people that enjoy or not necessarily enjoy, but they, they like, uh, catering to other people. Yeah. 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 Like I, even for tonight, like, um, you know, I, I, I set up everything and, you know, I tested it with myself and um, I, I made sure because I for a second, I was unsure that we were going to be able to see everybody that was on the podcast mm-hmm. um, in a bigger screen because like it's one thing to have it on a computer and like the way I have it set up now, like we would have to like look down because I have my computer on the floor, which I'm doing the zoom call through and we would have to look down on the floor. And I, for me being in, in like working in the production world, like I, I think about eyelines, I think about lights, I think about camera. I like my mind is like, if <laughs> I, I, I wish somebody could like see my train of thought because it's, I'm thinking about so many different things it's, at it's, so many different times. I, I see it, and it's fuck, it's fucking beautiful. And like, <laughs> it, it was. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, whenever whenever you came back, like I knew you were involved with a a ton of you know uh, you know I would say like motion picture type editing mm-hmm. you know whatever you want to call it. Um, but I never under fully understood the the entirety of what you actually do. And even, even like when I saw you the first time when we made the first podcast and after you were done, after we were done and I saw you editing and doing all that shit, dude, I was like, wow. And it ba- it made me kind of like a little sad at the same time. I'm like, I'm doing nothing. I'm just showing up and I'm just here on the fucking side and I'm not doing anything except for moving or putting screws into fucking the bottom <laughs> of chairs. And I'm like, I don't understand what he's doing. I really don't. And it's magical, like, what you were doing. Like, and you were doing it so fast. I was like, this is what people do that are involved in, whether it's podcast, any type of production where it involves you're going to be put on screen or, you know, put on audio for people to hear this is what's involved in it. And you made it, you made it look so easy. And I, I know <laughs> it was funny cause like a year ago, uh, one of my best friends in, in Lubbock talked to me and this was a drunk talk too. He's like, dude, we should start a podcast <laughs> and it's me, you and, and, and our other buddy. And we should just fucking, you know, start a podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'm down. Just let me know. Like, do I got to go to Lubbock? Do I, what, what do I got to do? He goes, I don't know. 
but we got to start it. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yes, that would be great. But like, how do we get it started though? Like it's one thing capturing our, our voices. It's yeah. another thing capturing our, our image. And then it's another thing putting it to where it, it looks nice and it sounds nice yeah. to where other people can hear it. And then at the same time, can you market that? Yeah. And can you, uh, yeah, can you market that in a way where other people might enjoy and and provide word of mouth? And that's yeah. dude, when I saw you do that, I was like, wow. If I felt like I don't know, I felt like a little kid watching like, you know, somebody else like play a a video game that I didn't I didn't even know how the fuck that it understood like and you did it and you did it so well. I was like, I'm I, I I did res- I I gained a great level of respect for you right there. No, uh, I I appreciate that. Like it, I mean, it, there there is a lot of work that, and that that's what people don't see is like you you listen to podcasts, you watch movies, you watch TV, and like there's so much that goes into it, mm-hmm. and that that's what I learned in LA, and that's what my my time in LA made me appreciate that. Because, like, I got to be adjacent to it, but also be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to film school. I, I, I didn't go through, like, what some people might say the, the normal path of becoming a filmmaker. But, like, I, one, of, one of my best friends in L.A., he gave me the best compliment. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. He gave me the best compliment that he he was like you are the one of the only people that I've ever met that can learn something no matter what it is if you want to learn it you will dedicate yourself to learning it and at that time I was I had just shot a short film like it was my first short film that I directed I had a part in I wrote and I edited it and I I taught myself how to edit like I I dedicated I I spent hours upon hours just like like watching YouTube videos, what taking every resource that I could. And that that that's my thing. It's like I school wasn't really my thing. I I was okay at school. Like I could get by at school. But I was more of a hands-on learner. Yeah. And so like filmmaking, you know, I I went out to LA to become an actor. And it went well for a while, and uh, like it, that I ran into things that I just didn't really mesh with. Jordan, <laughs> what's that fucker's name? Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> if I see you guy, we're yes, fighting, yes, bro. So I was I was up against a role against Michael B. Jordan, and yeah, yeah but was, he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> great fucking agger. I could have been Creed. You could, you could have been Creed. God damn, with all the muscles, can you imagine, dude? No, like I was, I, I dedicated myself. Like I, I, I think of myself back then. Like I was, I did everything that every my agents, my managers. Well, did. I, do you remember when I went with you, even when you were living here and yeah. you went to auditions, like, dude, I mean, you gave it your all. Yeah. Like I it did. was, I and did. then, and then what people don't understand, like it's, well, some people do those people that audition you, they're not nice. <laughs> they're very, they're, they're very, 
Ford. They're very brash. They're very yeah. brash. They're very, they're very Ford on what you're expected to do, and they're expecting you to do this. And then if you don't perform to what they're expecting, then they talk shit to you, and then, like, they think that's okay. Like, that's going to help you. And maybe that, maybe that does help some other people. I don't know. But... Like, when I took it, I wanted to talk shit to her whenever I heard her. <laughs> no, yeah, I remember that. That was the first big... You you were there for the first big audition I yeah. was with. It, it was for Friday Night Live. Yes, yeah. And, and uh, I was like, this fucking bitch. Like, I expected somebody bigger. Shut up, bitch. Like, you don't which, even know. Which, uh, that, that woman that you're talking about, she was... She was not technically my manager at the time, but she was trying to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she was. I found out later she was very shady. Dude, she was a cunt. Like she was, she was trying. She told me, when you move out to L.A., you need to pay my rent. Like I had to pay for her to live there to manage me, and then also pay my own rent. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, after that audition, she, she called me up mm-hmm. and she was like, yeah, it's between you and one other guy. Oh, fuck. It was that one Mexican dude that got it. Yeah. So-called Mexican dude. I don't know if he was really Mexican. <laughs> yeah. He, he, um, the part was a, a thug, like. Little cholo guy. Cholo guy. And what was funny is like, that was before I moved to LA, but that was kind of a a premonition of what was to come in LA because like I went out there and I was for, for a little while I, I was auditioning for some pretty big stuff. The, the, the great thing about that though, like it's, it's almost the equivalent of, you know, jumping in an ocean and mm-hmm. I'm going to swim towards this goal. And I mean, you know, there's sharks in the water, but you don't care. Yeah. You're going to still swim. Yeah, and that that was my mindset. Like even when I ran out of money, that's and that's that dude. That's a big. I never once told you. I never once told you. If anything fails, I'm here. If you know, if you need to, just farted. I don't know if you heard that. (laughs) (laughs) If if something happens, let me know. I wanted you to know that I'm always here. But at the same time. I almost, like, we almost, like, your sister and I both, you know, lived in a little ways vicariously through what you were doing because we were, we were, like, happy of the, the freedom that you had, you know, you had the, you had a freedom that none of us had, you know, we, we had built roots, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we, uh, we did what we did and we had a family or whatever. We should have waited, but we didn't. And we both, we both regret that in a way, but back to you, I don't want to, I don't want to go off of you, but you, you, you did something that was so brave and so like, you had to have courage to do what you did. Not, and not only just go, but just to fucking stay in that environment because the environment that it people have to understand like California now is not what California was yeah. when you went out there. It was 
I mean, granted, it's always been a little liberal. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, it's not what it is now back then. And when you when you went out there, dude, I was I was I was I was betting on you like like this dude's going to do something. He's going to whether it's if it's not in acting, he's going to write or if it's not in writing, he's going to produce or he's, if he's not going to produce, he's going to do something involved with something. like he's too creative not to do something. And you did do something. The only problem was other people weren't on the same page with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I talked about this in the last episode yeah. with uh, TV head. I, I, I feel like I was, I, I, I got, I got so close. Like I, I was on the precipice of quote unquote making it. I, I, I say quote unquote, because like making it is different for everybody. Exactly. Um, yeah, uh, right. I, 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 I I'll backtrack and say I'm not making it, but um, breaking in, breaking because like there's this threshold that you you come up when when you're out there. There's this threshold. It's like there's there are thousands of people out there pursuing acting. Like everybody out there is pursuing exactly. something. Yeah, and a lot of them are are up and coming actors, and like a lot of them are my friends, and. Like we're all going to the same acting classes. Like you're in these classes, and you're around other people that are doing the same exact thing. And everywhere you turn, oh yeah, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. I'm pursuing acting. You this and that and that this and that. Um, I feel like like everyone over there is like not from there. It's, it's no, always... yeah, yeah. That that's the crazy thing is like out there, it's very rare to meet somebody from L.A. Yeah, it's very rare. So it's like always people I, coming I, in. One of my best friends, I went to his wedding in April. Like he, he's from there, and uh, I, I met a few people from L.A. And their biggest dream was to move out of L.A. Wow! <laughs> because like it, and it's it's such a weird thing because like I'm from here, and just you know, Emerald is not the biggest city, but mm. it's not the biggest city, you know. Small city, yeah. Yeah, it's a small city. And it, it it's where the smaller towns where I was born migrate to, mm-hmm. um, and I I I tell people like I didn't realize Amarillo was such a bubble until I moved out of Amarillo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I, I the only thing I can compare. Amarillo too is where I grew up with is is Lubbock mm-hmm. and I mean Lubbock's just a you know two hours down the road hour and a half if you drive over the speed limit and like it's it's more congested in Lubbock and the only reason why is just because of the it's a college town that's the yeah. only reason why yeah. that's the only reason why if it wasn't there it'd probably be the same population of Amarillo. That's the only reason why Lubbock's population is higher. But even even with that said, like, you know, I thought Lubbock was just a small city until I moved here. And it's going to be... What's crazy, dude, is in, in two years, it's going to be 20 years removed from Lubbock. Damn. Yeah. And it makes me kind of sad because I've always 
pictured Lubbock as my hometown, but now it's going to come into the, I mean, you have to talk about like, well, you know, where have you lived the most? And it's, yeah, it's going to be coming into Amarillo. I mean, uh, in 2005, I was 24. So yeah, not too, not too far. It was 2030, maybe I would have, if we still stay here, it will be the place that I live the most. And I don't mind Amarillo. Like, it, what's crazy about Amarillo is, like, I really don't mind it. In a way, it's a, it's a deep breath from Lubbock. Because Lubbock was very, very, for me, it was very, like, high octane. And I guess it was maybe because of how we were whenever, whenever I was growing up. Uh, it was very high, high octane, like... Uh, you know, partying and, um, and I was talking to you about it before, like before when I graduated from high school, I was very, um, expressive. I would say that I was very expressive. I was very, I wasn't afraid to, uh, I wasn't afraid to, you know, like, show expression for whatever and um yeah that that's that was me and as a result of that like when i grew up like i i figured out that oh shit like there's there's uh there is a group of people that hey that's not cool <laughs> You can't, you can't go hundred percent. You can't go, uh, you know, 3000 or, or 7,000 or 8,000 RPM all the fucking time. You gotta, you gotta calm down. So, and this was, I mean, I, I didn't understand drinking and, you know, uh, I sometimes regret and then sometimes I, I don't. Regret drinking alcohol, you know, at a at an early age, you know, seventeen, eighteen, or whatever, <clears throat> because there are some some lessons learned. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, the group that I hung out with, you know, it wasn't uh, they weren't about like, you know, expressing yourself completely. It was uh, it was more of of a uh, of a like, hey, you know, you got to be cool. You, you take a drink, get drunk, whatever you want, but be cool. You got you got to contain yourself. You got to hold hold on to whatever feelings or whatever you wanted to talk about. Like you can't you can't be doing that shit. And I I, get, I got accustomed to that. So like. There are, there are sometimes, you know, now where like, it's, it's where it's like, I'm, I've been trained to act a certain way when I'm drinking or even when I'm not drinking, like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, Hey, I can't, I can't act the way I want to act because I got to be cool. But there are some times where like shit I want to express myself completely and 
you know, do some wild stuff, but I'm, but at the same time, I have this thing in my head that's saying, hey, wait, that ain't cool, bro. You can't do that. I mean, and at the same time, like, you got to think, like, well, shit, you're a dad, too. Like, think of, uh, think of other people, too. Like, you can't act like that. You can't, uh, you can't do what exactly you want to do. And I, I understand that. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, you know, I, I don't have kids and moving to LA, like it, it is, like I said, I didn't, until I moved out of LA, it, I didn't realize that, you know, Amarillo was kind of a bubble. And I, I say that in a sense of, um, I'm not saying Amarillo is bad. Amarillo is not a bad place. Amarillo is not a bad. It's not a bad place. Like Amarillo is an amazing place. Like there, there's a lot that Amarillo has to offer. Um, but the people here can, in some ways, be a one mindset. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, um, and it depends on on what group because there are. I mean, now it's what's crazy is like Amarillo is. It is of a mindset, but at the same time, there are diverse people here. Um, it, I'll say this, like, whenever you think of a place to raise a family and, you know, have kids in school and stuff, for me, it's simple to say, yes, here, because I know the place, I know the areas... I mean, based on where we live, we are not we are not high class. My family's not. I mean, based on the economy now, we're on the brinks of middle class, bro. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're on we're almost low class. Or, oh, I, I'm I'm definitely if you you take my economy into it, I'm lower class. <laughs> yeah, and what, what's what's crazy is like I mean, I don't make I don't make crazy amount of money. Mm-hmm. I make decent amount of money. I yeah. I, I mean. I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what I make, but I make I make a decent amount of money. Yeah, yeah. And you know, San, I wish she made more money for what she does because she does deserve more. But what she went in for didn't pay a lot, and she stuck at that fucking salary, and she deserves fucking way more for what she does. Anyways, um. When it comes to, like, just, you know, schools and area and stuff, like, like there's no better place that I can think of besides a little small-ass town, yeah. which I, and I, I don't know what that's like. I would love to learn what that's like, but I don't know what that's like than Amarillo or yeah. Lubbock, even, for that matter. I mean, because when I, when I grew up, like, it was, like, and I guess it, it goes into... I guess it really doesn't matter for kids. It goes more into social media nowadays because like now if you think in terms of a circle, right? If you remember when you were little, mm-hmm. right? The circle that you were concerned with was more uh whatever affected your family, whatever affected you. Yeah. Hell, when you were small, it was literally what affected you. 
Mm-hmm. You know, as you grew older, it was like, okay, well, what's affecting my friends? What's affecting my family? Um, as you got older, you know, what's in my school? What's in my town? As you got older, okay, what's in my state? And at the most, that was literally what you were concerned with. Yeah. Things that were going to affect you. And that was it. If somebody picked on you, it was somebody physically picking on you. Mm-hmm. If somebody talked shit about you, it was somebody that you knew. It was not somebody you didn't know. Yeah. If it was somebody from a different school, you would at least have the ability to go there and confront them. Right? Nowadays, it's not like that. You know, our kids circle, dude, it's it's worldwide. Yeah. Yeah, the internet has connected to everybody. And that's it's a great thing and it's also a bad thing yeah. because think of it, man, like you you have a kid. If I'm a kid right now, I'm I'm going to say and I don't know how my daughter's done it. I mean, and I've I've talked to her about it and she's being a smart ass sometimes. But like my daughter's 17. Being a 17-year-old in high school, senior year, you you have this app on your phone, TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. So you're you have your feed. So you have these beautiful people come on your feed. Depending on what you are, you know, you're, what you're liking or what you're looking at, say it's a beautiful person. Yeah. Well, you're going to compare yourself to that person. Yeah. We never did that. We never did that. That that's 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 one scenario. Well, what we did that only when we went to the movies exactly or yeah. we watched tv it wasn't an everyday like every second it instance. wasn't it wasn't thrown in your face yeah, every yeah, day yeah you're right you're right yeah that, that that's when movie stars were movie stars exactly because like they were only in the movies you didn't see them anywhere else and then if, if we saw like because victoria's secret i mean it's been around for a while yeah or uh sports illustrated yeah the, you yeah. know the the bikini edition or whatever mm-hmm. like when we saw that we were like whoa like that's nice and yeah. and girls would be like wow okay that's what i have to look like whatever that was i guess at that time today's version of when you see tiktoks and you see beautiful women display their makeup or their yeah. bodies or whatever to show i guess maybe a goal of what you want to yeah. look like or yeah. whatever so, I mean, I, I understand that, but what I don't get is, like, if you're going to, if you're a teenager, especially a girl, mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you, you constantly see all these people, granted, using a filter on top of that, making themselves look a certain way, it's not fair. And then no, you're comparing yourself to that. And it's making yourself depressed. Like, you have no reason to be depressed because of that. Like, th- that's my whole, I guess, uh, what do you call it? Like, um, that that's my thing against social media in a way. Yeah. Like, I love what it does. It does connect people. But I hate what it does to, like, young kids. Yeah. yeah. Because it does make them feel inadequate. It makes them feel uh, that they're not as good looking or yeah or whatever even if it's like um even if it's something simple like uh i i yeah i guess the the worst part is just the 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 looking the looking part i hate that yeah yeah it's it sets a standard that i mean 
unless you have a lot of money exactly you, you can't emulate and that that's what i appreciate about um you know <laughs> i i talk about always sunny all the time uh but rob McElhenney, mm-hmm. he for one of the seasons like he got really fat but then one of the seasons he got fucking ripped as shit that's our next year bro and he he talked about uh like fans would like message him and they would say like how how do i do this like that's fucking amazing that's how can i do that and he he was straightforward with them and he was like look man like the studio paid for a personal trainer like they they paid for all this shit for me to do and like it it's not obtainable for a, really a lot of the everyday persons and so don't don't try and like do that because it it's it costs a lot of money and it it's a lot of work and of course like everything that that is hard to get is going to be a lot of work obviously right. but but he had a lot behind him to help him achieve that goal mm-hmm. like he he like their shows on fx like studio helped him achieve that goal yeah like he had a thought in mind as a creator as a creative and like he's an executive producer of always sunny so like yeah they're like okay you want to do this we'll help you not everybody like you and i don't have that we don't have that Mm. the studio that has millions of dollars that will pay for a personal trainer or a nutritionist to come and cook your meals every single day right like that's that's what that that's some of the disconnect that everyday people like working day people don't see is like these people have a lot of times some of the a-list celebrities have these nutritionists they wake up they have somebody cooking a healthy meal for them every single morning every single lunch every single dinner exactly they have somebody cooking a meal for them so they're not having to cook like that me and you, we have to cook for ourselves. Exactly, <laughs> and you know we have to work a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. We don't have the time to spend because he was spending like three, four hours in the gym. When I was living in L.A., like I was working a part time job, and for a while I was spending at least four hours in the gym or working out. Like I was killing myself, killing myself to make myself because my managers and agents told me. You need to look good. Yeah. And so I I did everything. Like, no lie, I did everything to a T that they wanted me to. Just so you know, you didn't you didn't achieve that goal. I didn't. I didn't. You looked like, horrible. Well, I didn't look horrible. Like, there was a point in my life where I, lo- I, I look back <laughs> and just, I'm like, I'm damn. Just playing. I'm just I look, you, look, you look really damn good. But I did. I did absolutely everything that everybody asked me. Like I remember that that picture you have in the suit. Yeah, like, dude, you were gorgeous, bro. <laughs> I look back at that picture and I, and I I kind of don't recognize myself. Yeah, I would, I mean, like I I I I know I can be that person. I want to be that person again. I, no, I, you can't be that person again. I know. I know I can't. I know I can. Like, like physically, I can't. You can be better than that guy. Um, but just the mindset. I I. What what kind of turned me off from the acting 
whole like pursuing it because like I still love acting. Acting is one of my like it, it's my passion. Like I I feel like not not just because I think I'm good at it, but I got you got a creative mind. I got recognition from other like I I, I there's this quote I heard from somewhere is like when you think you're good, you tell people about it, but when you're great, people tell you about it. Mm-hmm. And when I was acting, people would tell me, like, I would do a scene in, like, class or I would go to audition and, like, I would do a scene. And sometimes I might not might not have thought it was that good, but then people would come to me and was like, oh, my God, that was so amazing. And I, I until I heard that quote, it was like, like I, I still don't consider myself a great actor obviously if i if i was a great actor then i would probably be famous and bullshit or whatever but um i don't know i i feel like i'm i'm a good enough actor to be i like i don't want to be famous i i don't want everything that comes with fame i don't like i want to be able to express my creativity in in a movie or something and if somebody feels something from that because that's how I got my start like I watched movies I watched TV shows and I saw these performances and that's what drew me to acting mm-hmm. is like I saw these people and at the time whenever I first decided I wanted to be an actor it was because I didn't like who I was, and I just wanted to be somebody else. Mm. And as an actor, I I got to be anybody that I wanted to be. And so, oh, goodness, hiccup, hello. That was wow. <laughs> These hiccups came out of no nowhere. Jeez, you're okay. Mm, okay, and, and they're so close together too. It's crazy. Nope. Another one. Let's do let's do something that that maybe might help. Cuz this is something I I learned after a while. All right. It, it helps me. All right. All right. So I'm putting my my penis in front of your mouth. Nope. It's, it's his hand. It's my mouth. It's I'm, his it's hand. My hand. Okay. Hiccup in my mouth. My hand. Do it now. Come on. One, two, three. Hiccup. One, two, three. Hiccup. Come on. Nope. There was. I just really? Hiccup. Yep. Fuck. Ah, <laughs> uh, usually that works. Uh, but no. To give it to get back to what I was saying, I was I did everything that. Everybody told me to do mm-hmm. like I, I worked out, I, w- I was working out four hours a day, at least at the very least. Um, you saw me, I was, I was skinny as shit. Yeah, you were trim. <laughs> I was skinny as shit. I'm six two and I was about, hey, well, 168. Yeah. 168, 165. Mm-hmm. I, for a six, six two guy, that's pr- pretty very fucking skinny. slim. Um, 
only time I've ever seen a six pack on my body. <laughs> but I was also my agent's manager was like, go go shoot a headshot with this guy. Which that guy was not cheap. And I fucking I made I somehow made it work. And like that that's the thing about me is like after going going through therapy my my therapist is like you're a scrappy guy like anything that you need to get done you will get done and i i've learned that about myself is like yeah yeah i will anything that i need to do no matter what it takes i will fucking do it if yeah. it hurts if it you know whatever it takes i will fucking do it so I did everything that everybody wanted me to do. And then, you know, after some experiences going through the whole acting world, it I learned that it's so much out of my control. Oh, yeah. That maybe there was a producer that owed a favor to another producer friend and and something that I had gone to a third audition for is like, oh, we just gave it to this other per- person. God damn, these fucking hiccups are pissing me off. They quit hiccuping. We gave it to this other other person because they owed this favor to another producer friend. Mm. Or the subtle racism of it. Uh, you you're not cholo enough. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, look, I'm Mexican, like. I can play a cholo if you want me to. That that wasn't the role that you brought me in for, so I don't know what what you expected. So do you do you remember that that Key and Peele uh, sketch where they're supposed to be gangsters <laughs> and like uh, I think it was Jordan Peele's character. He's like he's like a legit like ex gangster, but Michael Keegan Peele is like he's like. He's like, oh, he's like, he's British. In the set, he's British, but he acts gangster. And then uh, I think it's Tom Hanks' son. He's the director, the producer, and he's like, yes, I love it, I love it. Um, can you, I mean, can you be more like, like him? <laughs> I mean, because this is uh, this is a gangster type scenario, and then. Jordan's character, he's like, no, like I'm, I'm legit, like I'm a gangster, man, like, yeah, this is where I was from, like I, I'm legit a gangster, but Michael Keegan Peels or Michael whatever, what Michael, what's his name, Michael Keegan Michael Peel, Keegan Michael, no, 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 no. Uh, Jordan, it's Jordan Peel and uh, Keegan Michael Key, Keegan Michael Key, yes, and that guy's character, he's like, he's like, oh, well, I thought your performance was great, like. Like you want me to perform more like this? Yes. Okay. Okay. So then, like, he does his like, like, oh yeah, motherfucker. Like, oh yeah, I'm the motherfucker who's gonna gotta kill you. <laughs> Anyways, they yeah. they go through the whole sketch, and uh, and the the producer or the uh, director goes, "It's like, like yes, this is great. Like, but I'm a little concerned with your performance. Like." Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel real, and it just reminds me like of what you're talking about. Like, yeah, like you got people like 
legit could act like that if you wanted them to because they're fucking from that set mm-hmm. it's not that hard we saw that you yeah. saw that <clears throat> it's not that hard to act like that yeah you know to turn the dial more mexicano whatever you want to call it it's not hard to act like that yeah like this audition that i went on it was an agent audition i was trying to get an agent at the time mm-hmm and the sides that they they sent me the side sides are like a portion of a script that they send you to read for an audition. So are you supposed to read from it like the way they want you to read from it or just read from it the way you normally read from it? So I always wondered about that. I mean so, sides are so they they send you a portion of the script, they send you the character breakdown. So like they tell you, okay, this is who this character is. And they'll they'll send you a breakdown like oh he's a thirties male he blah 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 but they'll they, they'll give you a little short description of the character and then they give you a scene usually it's just one scene maybe sometimes two or three three is like if they're really considering you um, so like usually it's it's one scene and they want to see what you can do with that character what you do with that character oh what you bring so, to the audio. okay yeah 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 so like a lot of times like you go in and you're meeting with the casting director first uh so for and like that that's the thing it's like you it's not just one audition most of the time some for student film sure yeah it'll be one audition for a network you audition you get a callback, you get a network callback, then you then you get a um, a dress rehearsal or a camera test. Mm. So because like there's so many levels that you have to go through. It's like the audition is with the casting director. The casting director tells the director of producers, okay, you should see this guy. So you go to director of producer, and then from there. If it's a network, like one of the NBC, CBS, like one of those shows, you have to go to network. And then the network heads have to approve you. Oh. And then if you get from there, then you go to the camera test and or the chemistry, chemistry test. So if there's already somebody cast in the other role, like if you're, if you're playing a love interest, you go to a, a chemistry or camera test. So you go on camera, they record it, and you do the scene with that other person. They see if you mesh, if okay. the if it's believable that you might be the love interest for this person. And so there's so many fucking levels wow. to this shit. Like sometimes it, it could be five fucking auditions before you get a fucking role. It's fucking crazy. Um, which I mean, I get to a point. I get to a point. Uh, but from what I experienced. I, I ran into so much subtle racism. Uh, one, trying to get an agent. Like I went in this that that meeting I was telling you about. I went into this meeting. They sent me sides for a soap opera. So, I I did the read and I had I studied on this shit. I watched the show. I I did everything that I could to fucking prepare for this audition. And I went in. I did the I did the read for this agent, and, and th- this is just trying to get an agent. So like, 
you you have agent auditions, you have manager auditions, then you have auditions for shows and mm-hmm. for movies or whatever. And uh, so they had sent me these these sides for a soap opera. And, uh, you know, I had become friends with actors in L.A., so I had one of my friends come over and read lines with me to prepare for it and everything. And, um, you know, I went in, I did the read, and I'm not going to lie, I, I, I don't want to brag, but I know I know the read went well. Like, I, I fucking nailed that shit. And I left the audition, I felt so fucking good about it. So fucking good about it. And my manager calls me up. She's like, they think you're fucking amazing. They think you're going to book everything. But they don't want to book you right. They don't want to sign you right now because they don't think you have an edge. And she was like, I'm not sure what that means. An edge. And I was like, I know exactly what that means. What does it, it mean? It's just like, think about baseball. When, okay. Whenever uh, an announcer says... Oh, and he's talking about a Latino guy. Oh, this guy's fiery, or he, like it—it's this subtle racism of like this, oh, this so guy. You're saying, so you're saying like they—they they were telling me, and that and I told her, I was like, I know what they mean. They mean that I'm not the cholo that they want to send me out as, because I didn't come um come into the audition looking like a cholo when looking they like sent that. me sides for a fucking soap opera, which is. Who's seen a cholo in a soap opera? Exactly. Like, if you want me to play that role, send me those fucking sides, and I'll play that fucking part. I will. But they, I don't, I don't know what they expected from me. Like, do they want me to come into the audition and hold a knife to their fucking neck? Because I fucking will. If it, if if it'll get them to sign me, I will fucking do it. But they, they expected me to be a fucking cholo because I was Mexican. Yeah. And they, that's what they wanted to send me out as. Yeah. And not only that, but like I had, eventually I, I did get an agent and it, it soured because like what my commercial agent at the time who I was kind of personal friends with, she quit because she hated, cause like I signed with them whenever they were, they were with a smaller agency and then they got my my commercial agent and my theatrical agent, because I was signed across the board, they got recruited to a bigger agency. Mm-hmm. And so they got recruited, and they called me up. They're like, hey, we want to bring you along. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, this bigger agency name on my fucking resume is going to look fucking great. Like, any casting director is like, oh, yeah, this guy, we need to see him. So... They moved over to the bigger agency, and um, I I would stop into the agency to see my agents all the fucking time, like almost on a weekly basis. I would stop in. I, I lived in the Valley. The, their office was in, like, West Hollywood. So I would drive over, show up. Like, it, it I was trying to play their game. I, I wanted to show up and make make sure they knew, like, hey, I'm here. Send me out. Yeah. Like, I want, I, I need auditions. Like, if I'm not auditioning, you're not making money, I'm not making money. Like, we, we need to build this relationship. I was trying to build that relationship. So, I would, I would stop into the office all the time. And, um, one time I, I stopped in whenever they moved to the bigger agency. 
my commercial agent, who I knew more on a personal level, um, she was she was kind of the one that helped me get into the agency. So I I stopped in one time, and it it was this high rise building. I went up. They were on like the thirtieth floor. I went up there, and all their windows were glass, so you can see into everybody's office. And I walked in, and I was walking down the hall. And uh, she was in her office just bawling her eyes out. And it made me it made me feel sad because, like, I knew her on a personal level. So I, I, I was like, oh, my God, what is Chrissy going through? Like, I like I knew her on our first name basis. Like, I, that's how personal I knew her. And, like, I, I felt for her. Mm. And so I went into my theatrical agent's office, who was one of, like her and Chrissy, my commercial agent, they were the ones that migrated to the bigger agency. And I went into the theatrical agent's office. And um, I was like, what's going on with Chrissy? What, like, why is she crying? Why is she? I, I just saw her. What's going on? And uh, she was like, she just quit because she, it's too, it's too corporate for her. And it, it got too much for her and then after that like after she left that agency dropped me like a fucking dime because like Chrissy was the only one that got to know me personally Mm -hmm. and I feel like she was the only reason that I got sent out on anything Mm. um but she she went on to like she's famous now it's like if you if you've ever watched This Is Us, she was on This Is Us. Yeah, but that shows you what networking is. Yeah. And how powerful it is to just know people. Yeah, and that, as much as I hate to say it, that, that's what a lot of fucking L.A. was. And not only that, it's also uh, favors. and it's Yeah. Uh, you know, I watched that fucking... Uh, I started a while ago... And then I, I fucking finished it. Because uh, I wanted to know... Because it always comes up, like, on, on Rogan, like, you know, these politicians that back in the day, like, uh, you know, how were they tied to Epstein? Mm-hmm. So I fucking finished that fucking documentary, man. I was like, these... There's people, man. And, the, I mean, the the story in itself... If anyone follows what happened to Epstein, you know, going to the jail after years of, you know, being a fucking, uh, you know, a person who took lives away from people. And I'm saying that in, in, in a sense of, you know, the girls that he took the lives away from because uh, it was horrible. It was, it was fucked up what he did. Um, but I'm just saying... How he died, there's tons of conspiracy theories around it. And I I sincerely feel, man, like I'm gonna put this out there and I mean it's been it's been put out there before. <clears throat> I feel this dude had ties, he had information on other elitist, another high ranking politicians. <laughs> And I mean, I think that he would be, or he was willing to just maybe spill the guts or even, 
the off chance that he would spill one name or information on somebody important. Yeah. I don't think that he committed suicide. I really don't. I think that... I honestly think that somebody paid somebody to go in there and fucking choke him out. Because (laughs) even the... The guy that was uh, brought in to do the, uh, I guess, initially they said that it was a hanging mm-hmm. based on what they found. But then they brought in somebody else, like uh, another forensic uh, pathologist, to try to figure out, like, you know, is this right? You know, did he really do this? <clears throat> Dude, that guy found shit broken in wrong places that you don't do whenever you hang yourself. Yeah. Uh, he found stuff that, like, when you strangle yourself, everything's going to be up here. Mm. This shit was broken, like, down here. Like, that's, you don't, that doesn't happen. Like, somebody fucking choked him out. And, like, I feel... I feel like there's people, man, out there that are were fucking like, oh yes, finally, like that guy's not gonna talk. Yeah, we're safe. And dude, those those dudes or females, whoever they, whoever you are, kudos to you guys, because. That is some crazy shit you guys got away with because that fucking island, man. It was a. Uh, it's what you would think in nightmares for yeah. kids. It's horrible. And I'm so glad that I was done with that fucking series because I was getting pissed <laughs> off. Anyways. Um, but yeah, man, uh, like it just, uh, what, what, what you did, what you did over there was admirable. I'm, I'm not happy or, uh, I'm not happy or sad that you left or came back. I'm just happy that you're with me. Yeah, uh, well, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not a big believer in like things happen for a reason. Like I, I think some things happen for a reason. I think some things happen for a reason. Um, I, I think, you know, everything I, I experienced out there made me the person I am today. Uh, it helped me to help produce this podcast yeah and there's like you like you were telling me you know and, and other times you know when we talk like you want me to talk about my dad and yeah maybe we'll get to that point um we'll get to your you know there there's a stint in california with you too you know that was hard it was rough yeah and uh you know maybe we'll get to that and I mean, there's uh, there's untold stories with a lot of people. Um, not in the sense that they lived what 
you or I have lived, but maybe maybe they can relate to some of the stuff that that we've talked about or I mean cuz yeah, we do bullshit a lot. We we make fun of a ton of shit. Yeah. And yeah, we, yeah. And I I don't want anybody that listens to this to think that because I make light of certain situations that they weren't very serious. Yeah. Uh, because I, I do that. That's my thing is like, I learned to, you know, I bear the burden for, so other people don't. Yeah. And, and I, because I, I, I make thing, I make a joke out of things sometimes because I don't want people to feel uncomfortable in what we're saying. Yeah, and I always what I'm do. Saying. I always do that. Like I fucking make, I I try to, I yeah. find opportunity. You know me. Like I, if things are getting too serious or things are getting too deep or things or whatever, like I I sometimes make light of some bullshit just to lighten it up. Yeah, and sometimes it's appropriate. Sometimes it's not. Um. But I mean that's that that's who I am, and uh, yeah, there's 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 stuff that I you know you you don't want to you don't want to visit. There's there's stuff that you don't want to open the door on. Sometimes you're forced to, or sometimes it's you need to open that fucking door. Who knows? Yeah. And just you need to fucking open it, and you got to be glad that you know somebody else is with you, you know traveling wherever that leads and i think that's what um you you've helped me with that you've um more than any it, it's crazy like i'll say this uh, i will say this like you <laughs> um you more than anyone else has brought my dad up more than anybody else and I'm like, hmm, like he wants to, he wants, you want to know, you want to know. And like, there's, there's things that I want to say. There's things that I don't want to say. There's things that I, I, uh, I can only, I'll say this, like there, there's some guys like me, like my buddy Lafe, my buddy DK, you know, we all lost pops, and you would never know, talking to us, that that ever happened. If you were, if we were sober and just talking, whatever, you would never know. But it's until something happens, and you know, we want to express ourselves, that we start talking about it, and. I mean, being with being with those guys, they they don't want to talk about it. I know they don't. Yeah. You know, uh, they'll talk about it with, I'm hoping, family when they're ready. But I know they haven't let loose. I can see it. I've let loose a little bit, and it feels good. It does feel good. It's uh, it's a little easier to to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a uh, it's easier to to say stuff to uh you know re- recount memories or whatever. 
It's weird because I've even fucking uh, rehearsed this and, and at home. But it's it's weird whenever it's you're on the spot and you're asked it. It's a. Uh, I don't know. It it might it's gonna be a different episode, but. I'm just glad. I'm glad that you. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm glad that you have reached out and you have. Uh, you've asked like, hey, or you've at least set the tone like, hey, um, we need to talk about this. Yeah, and I, I, I see that to to say, not like I want you, I want you to talk about it because I I feel you do need to talk about it, like I can sense that from you, uh, but I don't want you to feel obligated to talk about anything you don't want to talk yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, and it it is good, it it really is good, because I mean there's there's a ton of great memories that I have, mm-hmm. you know. There's a a ton of, I don't want to say horrible memories, but there's a ton of uh, memories that I I want to hang on to mm-hmm. that weren't as awesome, but they're the reason why I am the way I am. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. Like he, um, yeah, I don't want to, so this is for future, so... Yeah, yeah. Whenever you're ready, yeah. Like e- even if it's beyond this podcast, yeah. I, j- I think it's important to to just talk. Mm-hmm. Like, and that helps. It really does. It's, it's yeah. it has helped because it 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 has uh, helped me like like not um, not just be sad, but mm-hmm. also be like happy. Yeah, it, it's helped me. It be helps happy you too. Yeah. to kind of register those emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it. I I I learned that. Like, I mean, you know the stuff mm-hmm. I went through with my dad. Like, I, in a sense, I lost my dad. Oh yeah, it, yeah. it hurt. Like it broke me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and being being able to express that in in certain ways and talking to people and like it, it helped me help me deal with it. Yeah. Like, and I, I want that for you. Yeah. I love you. I yeah. love you, man. Yeah. I love you too. And I want to, I want to learn to, you know, deal with it. And also I want to learn, you know, you know, I guess that process because like I I don't know it's it's weird like he wasn't um I don't know like he wasn't the kind of person who would prepare you for like hey you know when I when I'm gone you know mm-hmm. you got to do this he if he said something like that, it was almost like a joke. Yeah. You know, anytime he said it. And, like, with my kids, I don't want to, I don't know. And, and what's weird is, like, I say, I'm like, I, I want to be better than, you know, my father was. But with... There, there are certain situations where I'm like I'm acting exactly like my dad was. Yeah. 
exactly like my dad was. And there's, because I don't know any better. So I, I do this, right, and I'm, I'm fucking, like, just there. And I'm like, Bella, go fucking, just go hang out. Yeah. And I can't make myself do it. It's weird. <laughs> it's like, no, I want to watch this movie or I want to watch this show. And I'm like, go over there and just see what your daughter's doing. Just ask her about school. Yeah. And I do that, but not in, I feel like, and then sometimes I'm like, oh shit, I ask her too much. And then she's like, dad, I already told you. <laughs> you know, and same thing with Joaquin, like, you know, he. You know, there's only so much that you can get through with teenagers, like, yeah. to where, like, they think you're cool, because they don't. <laughs> they don't think that you're cool. You know, Julian is the only one that thinks that you might be cool on a certain level, because he's not old enough to understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, he's not a teenager yet, so, you know, he can still hang out with Dad, and or I can still ask him questions, and he might still think I'm cool. But even in certain situations, I'm like, my dad did this. I wanted him to do something else, but I can't do that something else. Yeah. I can't go over there and be like, hey, let's go. Let's get out of here. And do something. I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Can't break out of that. Well, we'll dig into that in another episode. Definitely, yeah. But uh, I, I want to say thank you for sharing. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you for the conversation. Thank you for the conversation, brother. Cheers, brother. Cheers. I love you. Love you. And good night.